When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Intelligence Squared. I'm senior producer Connor Boyle. In today's episode, we're joined by the journalist and author Michael Wolfe to talk about the real-life succession and the possibility of the end of the Murdoch Empire. Without further ado, let's join our host, journalist and broadcaster for the BBC, Justin Webb. Hello and welcome to Intelligence Squared with me, Justin Webb. Um, I'm delighted to introduce our guest today, uh, Michael Wolfe. He is a journalist, he's an author. You will know him almost certainly because of the White House trilogy of books, uh, the Trump White House, uh, Fire and Fury, Siege and Landslide. They're all up there on uh, my bookcase behind me. They are distinctive, in my view, when it comes to books about Trump because they are not preachy. They don't lecture, but they have the most extraordinary, sometimes gut-wrenching, toe-curling stories from the inside and all of it managed with a relationship somehow with the man himself and that seems to me to be relevant to what we're talking about today which is his latest book and which is this one the fall the end of the murdoch murdoch empire which um to say timely is probably to put <laughs> to be to underestimate um, just how wonderful it is that it is out at this moment. So, um, Michael, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Can I ask you this first of all? You have to start with succession, really, don't you? And you start your book with, with succession. The, the bits of this story that are the same almost as the TV series, but also the bits that, that aren't. To, to tell us about that. Um, well, I, you know, I should preface this by saying that I'm also Murdoch's biographer or... Um, uh, or was accepted as 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 such um, almost you know more than a decade ago, and I sat with I sat with Rupert for a year, um, talking to him and and doing extensive interviews and watching him and uh, w- with access to him to his to his everyone in his family, including his mother, his all his executives, and my book. Uh, the man who owns the news is um, well. I mean, clearly informs um, much of Succession, and and I would actually argue that its best bits are are the bits that that uh, adhere closest to what's what's in that book. So, um, so there is this symbiotic, weird symbiotic relationship here, and and I think I mean I think Succession is is fantastic, and. Um, um, I think it's it, it takes the sh- the storyline of the Murdoch family and then it makes it into great television. But in fact, the characters in Succession bear little resemblance in in anything other than their enmity toward each other 
to real life. You know, in, in real life, Murdoch, uh, Rupert Murdoch himself is um, anything but a, a, a mogul-seeming person. I mean, he's kind of introverted. He's he's conflict-averse. He, he can't get a, a straight sentence out, and if he does, you can't understand it anyway because it's 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 all mumbles. You know, he's a man who I often I've often thought had created this this empire to be his um uh, to to be his stand-in. It does what he could not personally do. You know, and and for his his children, in a way his children are significantly more normal than the succession children. On the other hand, they actually hate each other more than the succession family. Yeah, that enmity really comes out in in your book. Does does he have the same attitude to them that Logan Roy has? There's a bit in Succession, isn't he, where he says, "You're you're I love you, but you're not serious." Does he feel like that? Quite the no, quite the opposite. He's really devoted to these children, um, and and they tend to give him the back of their hands. Um, you know, when when I when I uh, when I sat with with um, with Murdoch, we, we kind of communicated best when it was about issues of, of, of children. I mean, I'm a father, he's a father. Um, and, he, you know, he responds like any father. You know, he's desperate to have his, his, his children love him. And they, um, they are often, to say the least, ambivalent about that. Why is that? Why, you know, for it, for, I mean, every father can probably answer that question, uh, you know, or not answer that question. It's like, you know, you grow up with someone and, and he um, disappoints you or um, he is, is not who you thought he was and um, um, he wants more than you can give him and all, all of, all of, and you want more from him than he gave you, all of that. Let's talk about the relationship with another child, with um, with Fox News, because that's a very large part of your book, and it's hugely important. I mean, it's not Fox News isn't important here in Britain, but my goodness, we we know all about it, and we know its importance in American politics. Yeah, and it's important in the UK because Fox News gave uh, gave uh, America and the world Donald Trump. Well, what then is the relationship between Murdoch and Fox News? What what has it been? What is it now? What's well, it going to be know, for the rest of Rupert Murdoch's yeah, life? I, I mean, well, well, let me begin at the, at the end. I think it will be the thing that he is most remembered for. Um, I you know I think it will be his 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 legacy and his and and the curse on his his legacy. It's hung around his neck, Fox News and Donald Trump. But that's a that's a kind of um, that's an irony, a tragic irony, maybe may for 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 Murdoch, because you know it is the one part of his empire which he's been probably the least interested in, and has and has had the least to do with. You know, he funded Fox News. You know, in 1996, he tried to buy CNN. They didn't want him, so he said, you know, screw them. I'll start my own news news network. Um, but. All that meant is he put up the money and he hired a man by the name of Roger Ailes to do it. And Roger Ailes created Fox Fox News, ran Fox News, grew Fox News, made it what it what it is. Uh, and um, with with very little involvement from from Murdoch. Matter of fact, Ailes always maintained that 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 Murdoch gave him a pledge of no no involvement. Um, now Murdoch has made that pledge many times in his career and broken it, 
but Fox News was distinguished always by how much money it made, and that that was enough for uh, for for Murdoch. Why ask any questions? It was delivering in you know you know at a level at a, at a level never before imagined in the news business. So so he was happy. Now in 2016, Ailes was thrown out because of of, of all kinds of sexual misconduct charges, um, which suddenly left Rupert kind of in charge of of Fox, and um, he didn't really know what to do with it. And for understandable reasons, Rupert is not a television guy. He doesn't even really watch television. He's certainly not a programmer, and he's certainly not a television exec. So the effect of this was, without Roger Ailes there, who took over the network? Not Rupert Murdoch, but Donald Trump took over the network. Donald Trump became its its not only its biggest ratings draw and its biggest star, but he was essentially dictated content. He was on the phone with Fox all of the time. The Fox people were on the phone with him all of the, all all of the time. Um, it it was it, it was an an adjunct to the White House. Um, some actually, actually was kind of central to the White House. So um, and and Murdoch couldn't really do anything about that, even though he has always always detested Donald Trump. Uh, even when I sat with him, he would you know Donald Trump, who who was a fixture in the New York Post, Murdoch's tabloid here. Um, uh, um, he 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 would uh, he, uh, he was a kind of a, to Murdoch kind of represented the buffoonery of Americans. Um, and um, and and you know, a decade later, uh, Donald Trump became the president of the United States, which was beyond anyone's imagination, no less Rupert Murdoch's. But Rupert was kind of responsible for this, and and I think I think he just didn't know what to do about it because also he's collecting all of this money, and so that makes him happy, and Donald Trump makes him very unhappy. What does he do? Now, in fact, about a year and a half ago, he decided to do something. Finally, January 6th kind of put him over the top. Um, his his children, or specifically his daughter, had been telling him, you know, your legacy, your legacy, think about it. Um, and, and he kind of decided, Rupert, you, you know, hits the table with his hand um, because he can't speak very well. And that was it. I, I, yeah, I'm going to do something about this. And he kind of created the candidacy of Ron DeSantis. Um and put Fox behind it and told everybody, let's keep let's keep Trump off the air. Um, but in fact, that hasn't worked out at all. And the DeSantis candidacy has been kind of a joke. And um, the Fox audience remains the Trump audience. So the- what happens now? Then? Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know. Rupert steps off into the sunset, theoretically. Um uh, and, 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 and and with Fox then in in the hands of Lachlan, who will do what with it? And and if Rupert dies, and you address this in your book, if Rupert dies or when he dies, um, the the children really disagree, don't they, about what Fox should be? Yeah, yeah. Fox is, and this is this is what my book argues. Fox is finished. It it, it can't stand. It it has, you know. At first, its internal contradiction is so large. You know the Murdochs hate Trump, um, but Fox's audience loves Trump. Um, how, how do you resolve that? Um, you know James Murdoch um, 
his position is he wants to take over the over the network and wants to throw his brother out um, and um, and take it over and make it a force for good. Consider air quotes around that. Um, and um, and he could do that, you know, w- with with the backing of his of his two sisters. That's what will what what will happen. Um, um, now th- that's a almost unimaginable outcome how, how could you how could you diametrically turn this uh, this um in, you know incredible ocean liner of a of a media property in the absolute opposite direction it would be fun to watch but it would seem to me to be an impossible thing to do but the alternative Lachlan Murdoch continuing to run Fox after his father departs this veil of tears, um, I, I, I also think is something that is not imaginable. It's not going to happen that, you know, his siblings, um, his siblings ha- have truly no appetite for for the the uh, the taint that Fox has left on their name and on their father's legacy. Um, if I can ask you a bit about the the British side of the business that isn't isn't a great part of your book, but it matters enormously, doesn't it? Because Rupert Murdoch has this real love for newsprint, and when you talk to people who work at the Sun and the Times here in Britain, they they know that love and they feel it and and they appreciate it and they feel very grateful to him. I, if if when he goes. Or, or possibly even now that he's become yeah, yeah. whatever he is, chairman yeah. emeritus, does that love fall away? I don't think the love falls away, but I think the um, a, a certain practicality asserts itself in terms of in terms of the newspaper, the newspaper holdings, um, the newspapers you know across the world, except for the Wall Street Journal, really don't make any money anymore. Um, and um, and there's no little appetite among for his among his children for newspapers. There's little appetite for anyone anywhere for newspapers. Um, you know his efforts to combine the his two companies, the television company which holds holds Fox, um, and the and uh, and the newspaper com- company which um, which has the newspapers in in the UK, Australia, and the US. Um, d- didn't succeed, bec- not not least of all because because the Fox shareholders uh, said, "This is what you you want us to buy a newspaper company? No thanks." Um, so, um, you know, I th- I think I think that writing is also very clearly on the, on the wall. He'll sell he'll sell the newspapers um, or his um, the children when they take over the company um, will sell the newspapers. Sponsoring the show for this episode is Marquee TV. Marquee TV is a streaming service with a difference. It's bringing you the top tier of performing arts straight into your living room or onto your device. So think dance, theatre, music, anything you might find in the West End, Broadway, or maybe a cool little experimental space too, but saving you the cost of a few tickets as well. I've got happily a bit lost in their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. Choreographer Jonathan Watkins' interpretation 
of George Orwell's classic. 1984 was pretty cool. And I love the dance piece, Sutra, inspired by the skills of Buddhist Shaolin monks. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents. That's right, three months for only 99 cents with the code squared. Simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code squared to dive into the world of arts like never before. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. The events calendar is filling up here at Intelligence Squared, and to create each one, we obviously rely on some brilliant guests and onstage talent. But behind the scenes, there's also a producer, a production team, and the budget in the mix too. You've got to keep an eye on all of that stuff in one place. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. And you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because it's super easy to get started. NetSuite exists in the cloud, you see. No hardware needed. So you're cutting IT costs too. That's why over 37,000 companies have already made the move. And now by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com squared. That's netsuite.com squared. netsuite.com squared. There are, I mentioned right at the beginning, your, your books about Trump are full of these um, vignette of just jaw-dropping um, moments and I mean there are lots in this book as well. The one that really struck me, just because it's kind of funny and strange, is the dinner that he has with Tucker Carlson, the great Fox host as he then was, um, and Anne Leslie Smith, a woman he was I think engaged to or, or certainly intending to to marry. And they and they, two week, they have a, a two really week, odd dinner. A two week engagement. Yes. Right. Okay. Um t- tell us about that. You know, I, I mean, the, Murdoch's relationship with with women is is um, kind of kind of fascinating. Um, I actually once wrote an essay called title of which was Rupert in Love, um, and he turns out to be an, a strangely romantic presence. Um, uh, although Jerry Hall tells a friend, which I, I reported in in the book, that that Rupert has has had. Um, um, has only had uh, uh, has only had sex with every woman he's married, um, and um, and he always proposes on the second date, um, and um, and and he's very he's very susceptible to to women. I mean, you would think that this big guy, you know, this incredibly powerful guy, but but no, women kind of kind of own him, take him over. Um, his daughter Elizabeth once once told me, "Well, she said, you know, you have to understand, he's very henpecked." Um, so he he um, he got out of his marriage to to Jerry Hall. Um, you know, in in you know the description there is that you know she was just she was out at night and he was falling asleep in his soup and and he just wasn't very happy. So his um, um, his his children sort of said, "Okay, you have to get out of this." But um, um, but he's he he's always it's 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 not a good look. Rupert alone, he really needs someone to take care of him, um, uh, to do the things, the kind of physical things around him. Uh, you know, Jer- Jerry Hall said her main main job as Rupert's wife was um, 
was to make his scrambled eggs in the morning. Uh, and and at any rate, um, uh, n- not long after the end of Jerry Hall, a new woman comes along um, and and kind of kind of nabs him. And her name is is Leslie Smith, and she's from California. And um, um, uh, you know, she had mar- been married to another rich man, and they they seem to instantly get along because she was she was kind of interesting and forceful, and she kind of just grabbed him up. I mean. If if you're a woman and you see Murdoch at a party and you and you slip in and you just start talking to him, just take over. You too can marry him, and um, um, and one of the one of one of Rupert's among many, I guess among among Rupert's many attractions to um, uh, to various women, his billions of attractions, you could say. But another attraction was um, was Fox News for her, and t- she was a Tucker Carlson fan, and and um, so they they had gotten engaged, and um, and then Rupert had heard that Tucker was in California. Rupert and and was at his vineyard in in Bel Air, California, and he called Tucker and said, "Would you come to dinner?" and um, um, and uh, Ed Tucker said, "Of course," and then he went, and it was a dinner with 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 uh with leslie smith and uh, rupert and rupert's dog and um um and um the fiance uh um leslie smith fell all over tucker i mean she was he was like this you know i mean a godlike celebrity and in fact she told him and she is a woman who um you know, as an evangelical Christian, um, it turned out, which in itself is 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 odd for you because um, because that's that's not a that's not something that that Rupert Murdoch, uh, um, an upright and uptight Presbyterian, is 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 particularly comfortable with. But anyway, um, she said to Tucker, uh, "You know, you are a prophet from God." Um, and she said, "Really, I, I'm, you know, I, this is this is not a, a figure of speech." And she got the Bible to read the passages which, um, um, which, um, um, uh, um, which predicted Tucker's arrival on this earth, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and Tucker said it was a little awkward, um, <laughs> and. Um, um, but nevertheless, you know, you know, Tucker reported they seemed very happy with each other, and um, and then he went home, and then uh, uh, Murdoch called him shortly thereafter and said, um, I mean, l- literally, like like the next day. I mean, I think he went home on a Sunday. R- Rupert calls him on a Monday, uh, the next day on, on Monday, and says, "Thank you for." Um, you know, thank you for coming. It really meant a lot to me, or to my fiance, and um, and I really hope that you'll reserve the date for our wedding this summer. Um, Tucker says, of course. An hour later, a reporter from Vanity Fair magazine calls and says, and says, I understand the wedding is off. And Tucker says, No, it's, that's that's ridiculous. I just spoke to. Uh, I know for a fact it is not off. Um, and um, and then the then this the, then this reporter regales begins to tell Tucker the details of the dinner, which Tucker says I hadn't he hadn't told anybody. So um, so 
suddenly he's being so suddenly he realizes that the that the Vanity Fair person knows something, has heard this something. Um, but clearly, since he's just spoken to R- Rupert within the hour, he he can't he can't put this uh, figure this out. And Tucker says this must be wrong. It cannot possibly be. Um, an hour later, the Vanity Fair uh, uh, reporter posts his story about the breakup of the engagement, which turns out to be true. So somewhere in the course of an hour, um, this engagement um, breaks up. So, um, And what does that tell us? I think it tells us, among other things, that Rupert Murdoch is 92 and not exactly in control of his uh, destiny at this point. Ah, well, that's an interesting point because, I mean, the book is called The Four um, and the the last chapter ends with the words, he dies, he hasn't died, but you are looking at very much the kind of end days of a person and an empire. Yes, you know, and it's it's kind of, um, I mean, this is historic. For 70 years, Rupert Murdoch has held um, more power and influence far longer than anyone else in our time. And and what a lot of people, I mean, there, there is a real division, obviously, about Murdoch. That's a, 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 a truism to say that. But there is also this kind of sense of um, foreboding, I suppose, about what happens next. And you've been very clear about the... the um, Open questions there are about what happens to the various bits of, of the empire. Do you, what what is it like to be in that empire if you're not if you're senior but you're not the kids? I mean, what is it a kind of is everyone kind of meeting in corridors and not saying things to each other or what? What's you, the kind you of you know? Mood? Well, the the yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is that they everyone understands this, but this has gone gone on for so long, and Rupert has been so indomitable that there's a kind of sense of denial here. Um, I mean, everybody understands, intellectually understands. Rupert dies, the world changes, but Rupert doesn't die, um, and this has gone on for such a long period of uh, time, years now. Um, you know, I mean, you know. Rupert's sell sell by date should have expired a long time ago, but it hasn't. So everybody has a certain kind of, I, I don't know, suspension of disbelief about it. Do you think he could have? I mean, if he is beyond his sell by date, could he have rescued the whole thing, including his legacy, by getting out completely much earlier? Would that have worked? Do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, but you know, you know, it's, um, um, you know, this is the frog and the scorpion, and um, and his nature issue. Um, he wasn't going to do that. It's not his nature to get out. It's not his nature to give up money. It's not his nature to give up power. So he's going to be chairman emeritus now, as we were mentioning earlier on. Is it his nature, whether or not it's his nature, and you made it clear what his nature is, is is this a proper stepping back, do you think? Or is he still going to be calling people? What what's what's do you, do you understand at all what that role is really going to be? Yeah, I think it's totally bullshit. I think it's nothing changes. Uh, Rupert holds the votes, he holds the power, nothing nothing happens without Rupert's say so. And he is as, as uh, um 
you know, one of the most meddlesome guys I've ever met. So um, I think everything goes on. You know, Lachlan is in place, Rupert is in place, um, and all stays the same until um, the inevitable happens. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. This, again, is the book, The Fall, The End of the Murdoch Empire. Michael Wolf, real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much for spending the time with uh, Intelligence Squared. Um, I'm Justin Webb. Thank you. Thank you.